Welcome to the San Jose Hockey Now podcast. This is Shang Peng, Editor-in-Chief of San Jose Hockey Now. Also, you can find my work at NBC Sharks and uh, Twitter, Shang underscore Peng. Uh, and this is Keegan McNally. You can find me at uh, half-ballhockey.com, on Twitter at halfball underscore hockey, or at San Jose Hockey Now, where I write about Sharks prospects. Um, this week, we've got a... Big guest, a literally big guest. <laughs> big guest. <laughs> uh, we have uh, uh, Tomas Hurdle uh, uh, joining the podcast uh, uh, for uh, a few minutes uh, after a captain skate. Um, we talked with Thomas about some of the, the, the big topics around the Sharks, uh, a little bit about Martin Kaut. Uh, obviously, uh, Tomas didn't have the year that he wanted last year, so he talked about sort of his uh, conditioning uh, being a little bit leaner this year. Also, too, uh, we talked about sort of his future with the Sharks. Uh, Hurdle obviously signed an eight-year contract with the Sharks a couple of years ago, and um, the team isn't uh, perhaps going in quite the direction that uh, that 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 uh, if you're uh, interested in making the playoffs uh, that that you want to be in. Yeah, uh, always good to hear from Thomas after we've gotten now Mario last week. We've had Logan Couture on the podcast. I think we're we're getting the the who's who of the Sharks players, which yep. is awesome. Before we start. Um, we also have a not really a lot of Sharks news, but just some Sharks uh, reminders or, or updates. Um, this weekend is kind of the, I guess it's not the start of training camp, but kind of like the wind up to training camp. The Sharks rookie face off is going on. Um, that starts tomorrow on Friday, uh, depending on when you listen to this or when you listen to this. It could be today on Friday. Uh, and then as uh, games on Saturday and Monday for the Sharks. Um, some uh, good news, basically, uh, Sharks' top prospect going to the tournament, William Eklund, um, says he's, he's healthy and says he's got two new shoulders, bionic shoulders. <laughs> maybe not maybe not two new bionic shoulders, but at least one healthy shoulder and then his regular shoulder, um, which, is, which is great news. He says he feels uh, 100% um, after his uh, late season injury. Um, other news, uh, Gannon LaRock is also going to be uh, participating. Um, and also feels uh, healthy. He um, actually participated in some preseason WHL games yep. last week as well. So. And I talked with Gannon today. Uh, we'll have a story at San Jose Hockey now about Gannon soon, but uh, he, double hip surgery, two, uh, two, two hip surgeries, uh, uh, and you know, just a tough, tough year for Gannon last year. But he says that he is uh, fully ready to, uh, to rock So at the uh, rookie oh, baseball. That, <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> it was subtle, but it was very good. Uh, other other notes uh, uh, before we uh, leave, uh, get to our topic, which I think is a fun one today, which is uh, it's a sort of a rookie prospects related one. But anyway, uh, there's a few a uh, few other notes uh, from uh, from uh, John McCarthy, uh, 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 who we spoke with yesterday. Uh, first, just to repeat, uh, he uh, unequivocally, uh, just like the Sharks did in her statement, denied uh, Martin Kaut's claim that uh, Barracuda coach uh, coerced him to fight in in every game or in any games uh, uh, last year. McCarthy denied all that. Uh, one thing that was interesting, though, about talking with McCarthy, and there's a story on the website about it, but one interesting is the thing is that he kind of uh, 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 gave, lent credence, gave uh, kind of conceded, though, on one of Cal's points. And um, so let's not talk about the fighting part, because I know that's sort of the, the headline, but um, Cal also said, and I, and I quote, um, that the team wasn't uh, wasn't together. Um, I'm sorry. It didn't feel like we were a team. That's what Cal said. Each of the youngsters played for themselves. And 
McCarthy was asked uh, if he was surprised by what Couch said, and he actually said yes and no, which is, you know, I think that's conceding that uh, Couch has a degree of a point. And then he followed up by saying, or he didn't follow up, but uh, I asked him, um, I, I asked him, it was obviously a tough PR summer for the Barracuda. It, it was, you know, whether or not you believe Cal or not, but um, it was a, a tough PR, tough look. And anyway, I asked him, what's something that the Barracuda uh, would want to improve? And he said, and again, I think it speaks to Cal's point that uh, I quote from McCarthy, as a group, we're going to spend a little bit more time on the team building aspect. And um, so I think that that kind of uh, speaks to, there is something, and we talked about this on our podcast about a barracuda that it's not a uh not everything is hunky dory with a barracuda i'm not sure if it's i don't think that it's as bad as count made it to be or some of the accounts about you know a culture problem that sort of thing i'm not sure it, it's quite at that uh, level uh but there is something there though about the team last year um not not being a team I think the interesting part of that quote is he also mentioned the new arena and like getting everybody um, together in one spot was kind mm-hmm. of like a challenge to get it. And they kind of just focused on, you know, icing a team rather than being a team. <laughs> just yeah. kind of put them all together. So um, I'm there's hopeful. one. Uh, yeah. One, one bit I want to add, add to this. Um, uh, we, uh, I, so Roy Sommer, the previous Barracuda coach, Barracuda coach, um, uh, the Sharks AHL coach for 20 plus years, uh, he had an annual preseason uh, tradition, uh, and it was a camping trip, and that was sort of the bonding thing uh, for uh, the Sharks prospects. And uh, I asked John, and John played for Roy for 11 years, and he was the captain of Roy's uh, uh, teams for I think four or five of those years. And so I asked John. is this a chance for you to start up Roy's camping trips again? And it was uh, impeccable timing. Uh, we'll try to add it onto the podcast because I think it's worth listening as, as it is. Uh, John just says, no. <laughs> I, really, the timing is great of it. So <laughs> I think he, he's had that a lot in a couple of interviews. I watched him. He just sometimes has <laughs> impeccable deadpan timing. Yeah, yes. yeah. 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 No. It's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they need more time. John McCarthy is a new head coach. Um, and I think it's a, it's a changeover for the organization. in A lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I think they need more time before we can fully say that there is same thing we said on the podcast a few sure. weeks ago that, that there is or isn't a problem with the, the Barracuda. So, um, but it will be a bunch of new faces, some old faces coming back to the Barracuda. And we're going to, um, watch a lot of them this weekend. Uh, we watch the rookie face off. So mm-hmm. super, super excited about that. This week's topic uh, is an interesting one uh, in the same vein as uh, prospecting and um, and everything with the Sharks. We're going to dive deep through the history of the San Jose Sharks draft um, to kind of, and this, this goes hand in hand with uh, what Shang, you're writing on uh, San Jose Hockey now um, about the previous Sharks drafts and whether or not this is the actual top or, or best top five the San Jose Sharks Yeah, most exciting, most hyped kind of a uh, top five many, many Sharks years. prospects group in history. And yeah, you go to San Jose Hockey now, you can see uh, top 10 prospect list uh, from uh, the Hockey News from 1991 to uh, 2020 or so. And then uh, San Jose Hockey now, we filled in the rest of the top 10 list. Uh, uh, 
2023, which Keegan and I just did on our podcast uh, last year and the year before. So we have two things we're working on. And uh, it's uh, two, two teams. One is the most disappointing Sharks prospects. And it's not a focus on just draft position. It's just on guys that were super hyped that just didn't live up to it. And then the second team is sort of the most surprising Sharks prospects. And it's not just based on uh, draft position. Uh, we have some guys like that who uh, draft position wasn't high, but they were recognized as top prospects, I think, uh, uh, before they hit the Sharks. It's the guys that really surprised us, the guys that uh, were never really recognized nationally as top prospects. And then they suddenly yeah. came in and became uh, contributors uh, for the Sharks. Yeah, and, then, and I think because uh, the beginning part is going to be a little bit more depressing than the end, we'll start with the, <laughs> the disappointments. Um and then go into um, some of our surprises, and, and finally our, our Thomas Hurdle interview. So, yeah, let's let's um we're gonna make a team. So this is kind of like an all star team thing, basically, where yeah. we have three forwards, two defenders, and a uh, a goaltender. Um, and uh, we'll we'll start with our forwards for the team disappointment for the Sharks. And again, I want to make it clear, it, this this happens, right? So the Sharks or anybody, any team in the NHL is gonna have draft disappointments you know drafting is not an exact science yep. first overall picks bust so not a lot but some and uh these are these are guys that were really hyped up pretty high and then just didn't live up to the building for one reason or another anybody you want to mention from our forward list right away? yeah and yeah, we're gonna go three forwards two defense a goalie and some honorable mentions for both of these teams and our first guy is a perfect example of a guy of hype um and actually if you look at it, if he was drafted in the sixth in the sixth round his career would have been pretty good uh patrick uh, uh pat balloon sorry uh pat balloon the uh second overall pick of the 1991 draft the first sharks uh, uh draft pick uh, ever and also too um he was a guest on the uh, old iteration of the san jose hockey now podcast some time ago but uh sorry to include you on here pat uh, but uh we look at the hype a guy who was drafted right after lindros a guy that was you know thought to be going to be a perennial all-star uh franchise player uh, for the sharks and again if you look at his his overall line you know it's not a bad career if he was drafted somewhere else besides second overall i think he played over 500 games he had a few uh 20 goal seasons but i think overall though um you know obviously didn't live up quite to the hype uh, he was traded a few years into his san jose tenure and uh caught on with uh was traded to philadelphia also with edmonton but never really uh had um a great, great season. But I wanted to add, though, a couple of notes, though. And I wonder, because Patrick, uh, Pat did have a, a injury. And so uh, early in his Sharks uh, career, and that might have uh, thrown him off more than we know. Uh, but um, the Hockey News said uh, of uh, Pat Falloon's rookie year, I think he had 25 goals his rookie year for the Sharks, a really bad Sharks team. Uh, he They wrote, nowadays, a uh, few 18-year-olds can play regularly and even fewer can make an impact in their first seasons. Uh, Falloon was an exception. He led the team in scoring and didn't appear to let the losing get to him. So it sounds like that year that uh, as, a, as a teenager that Pat had a pretty good start, but just couldn't really build on it you know you heard uh in those years you know maybe conditioning was an issue maybe a sort of his uh defensive uh sort of uh concentration was an issue um so anyway uh do you have any uh, memories or, or thoughts about pat so i never actually saw pat falloon play so i don't have too much memories in, in general just kind of what's passed down from sharks fandom to sharks fandom about pat falloon yeah um it just 
Yeah, and, and honestly, that that draft, the Sharks ended up getting Sandus Oselinch and Ray Whitney in the same draft. Right, um, but they could have got Scott Niedermeyer right after exactly. uh, instead of Balloon, and so they could have had an all-time been... start to the draft. You know, I think the only other one I can think mm-hmm. of as good is the Oilers had something like that. Uh, Messier and Anderson, and uh, uh, I think maybe it was Low in the same draft. So three Hall of Famers, yeah. I think, in the same draft. So uh, yeah, but, it could have yeah. been a lot better. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it, it just kind of felt like the the Sharks were you know not given the Lindros pick, and then Pat Falloon was the the second overall never lived up to that kind of billing. But yeah, you're right. Niedermeyer was afterwards. Peter Forsberg, if you've heard of him. Marcus Nesslin's <laughs> Um, These are all guys taken in the first round. That that co- uh, Who else? Ralston was taken in that first round. So it could have been an absolute slam dunk, perfect draft to start a franchise. Um, and that's, you know, not to take away from Pat Flynn's career or anything like that. It's just, if think for hype versus delivery, he's one of the top ones for the Sharks. For sure, sure, sure. sure. Um, another, um, pretty early on pick, um, in the Sharks tenure, uh, was in, uh, 1995, uh, they picked a forward called Timu Rihe Harvey. And if <laughs> Timu Rihe Harvey, if you're listening to this and I mispronounced your name, the 12th pick of, of, of that draft. Yep. The 12th pick of the 1995 draft. If you're listening and you want to come on the show and talk about your last name or talk about any of your time with uh, being selected by the Sharks, I'd love to hear from you, but sorry to mispronounce you. Um, and, uh, do you have any can, memories of the team? Well, yeah, I want to start off because you have some great stuff, so I don't mm-hmm. have as much to say, but uh, uh, Hockey News, your book, 1995-96 uh, said, uh, this year's first round pick, uh, team, uh, Temo uh, Rio, Rio Yarvi, uh, was well down many top uh, teams' prospect lists. So the Sharks took a took a big took a swing there took a chance there and so uh team uh, table did not play any angel games so it didn't quite work out yeah it's um from what i can remember of this pick um and this is again passed down from previous sharks fans talking about it it kind of felt like it was a very big reach um mm-hmm. the sharks reached kind of for size uh he um how, how big was he i think he's six foot six okay. uh, i think was the listed and they oh yeah so the the quote that I have from a 1995 article by um, San Jose, San Jose Sharks own Ross McKeown. Um, McEwen. McEwen, sorry. Um, he uh, was picked for, you know, his size. He was 209, 209 pounds, but they mm-hmm. thought he would fill out to 235, said Tim Burke in 1995. Mm-hmm. He's a unique guy. Uh, everyone wanted, he says, uh, but didn't know where to slot him in the draft. We're ecstatic to get him. Um, they had a, a combination of his size and some of his skills kind of led them to reach a little bit in the mid first round. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, this is back in 1995. Who else um, could they have got? Yeah. So around the in, 12 spot. Yeah. Back in that same draft. Um, let's see here. The uh, right afterwards, J.S. Shiger, which would have been oh, 13. Uh, yeah, Jay, Jay McKee, 14, was a pretty good physical defenseman. Decora, was Martin Martin Baron, 16, had a pretty good career. So it's not uh, yeah, like there was, obviously Peter Sakura, yeah. Yeah, not like there was tons and tons yeah. of... Um, no Scott Niedermeyer. Uh, the yeah. pick before uh, Rio, uh, Rio Yarvi was Iginla, uh, uh, so 11. So. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe there was something about that draft where there was like a big shelf in terms of players that they knew were going to be like picked high, like Dvorak, McLaren, Shane Doan, Langkow, um, guys that they knew were going to be picked high. And then they met that shelf after Aginla and decided to swing with Ricky Harvey. Yeah. Maybe. 
Um, but he never played a game for San Jose. Uh, he never actually came over to North America uh, at all. He uh, was drafted out of Finland, stayed in Finland, and uh, actually for except for two seasons when he played in Sweden, um, stayed there his entire career. So maybe when, they should have um, traded a pick back for three picks. So <laughs> yeah, they, they could have maybe found a little bit more value there, but felt like they needed to make a swing, I guess. Um, an interesting quote also by Ross on his Twitter recently was um, when he asked uh, Dean Lombardi years later about what happened to Team over here, Harvey, T- or Lombardi deadpanned, I think he's a dentist. So, <laughs> well, I can't say now, any more than that. <laughs> I think he's now a finished dentist, which is a very interesting career arc for for team. Yeah. Um, All right. So, um, you'll notice that some things are a little different right now. It's a new day, literally, <laughs> <laughs> from where we recorded uh, the 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 uh, first twenty minutes of the episode. I'm now in Las Vegas. Uh, yesterday, I was in San Francisco, and mm-hmm. so you see that. Um, background is different i'm in las vegas uh my camera angle is different and most importantly it's daytime and keegan also looks a little different too yeah i'm um more clean shaven it's also daytime (laughs) (laughs) basically all everything's changed um but we are still going to run through this this list we are on our third of three forwards for our our um maybe disappointment list for the sure sure Sure, and just to uh, I guess reset um, uh, for 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 uh, for everybody. So we're doing two two things here: basically a most disappointing Sharks uh, draft picks team and a most surprising Sharks uh, draft picks team. And uh, we're concentrated on on not not like draft position, but the hype. So anyway, mm-hmm. we'll 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 talk more about it as we go along. But our next forward is. Nikolai Godobin, everybody's a uh, favorite. Um, Nikolai Godobin uh, was uh, uh, drafted uh, where? So Godobin was drafted 27th overall in 2014 in the first okay. round. Okay. And yeah, the, um, um, you want to you want to start off there, uh, Keegan? What, what do you what do yeah, you, so you got Nikolai? Uh, what I remember about Godobin is that this was a time when the Sharks weren't really. Um, uh, picking very high, picking very highly in the drafts. So they were kind of like in the back end when they were competing. Um, and they kept this pick um, instead of trading it away. Um, and everybody was really, really excited about Goldobin. He seemed like this like high-octane uh, future sniper. He had mm-hmm. um, 94 points in 67 games in the OHL when he was drafted. Um, and then he, um, right after that, went to um, Liga for a year in 2015. Um, and then stepped into the uh, Worcester Sharks, got five points in nine games. He started to like build up and up in terms of his um, AHL production and then got to the NHL and, and never panned out. He got um, traded, I think, for Yannick Hansen. Was it was it him who was traded yeah. for Yannick Hansen? I think, uh, yeah. I think so, so, yeah. Um, basically, the Sharks kind of... Um, Not a great Sharks it. trade either. But. Yeah, uh, realized it wasn't going anywhere. They still tried to compete, uh, so they traded him away. Just the hype surrounding him because he was one of our few uh, first-rounders that we kept um, kind of makes it a little sad. And interestingly enough, Goldobin's still really good. He went to Russia um, and he's been, you know, putting up good numbers there. Yeah, he has eight goals in six games. Out of nowhere. Um, there's always been a knock on him about his like defensive awareness and like tends to float a little bit, that kind of thing. So I don't know if that's still happening in KHL. It might be. Um, but <laughs> it's kind of sad because there is definitely raw potential with Goldobin that was never realized with the sharks 
Well, I yeah, so I spoke with a, a scout um, about uh, Godobin, uh, who watched Godobin a lot, and um, this was uh, his uh, his review. So maybe not as optimistic. Uh, Godobin does have clear skill, by the way, but I remember him. But anyway, this is what the scout said: uh, boom or bust skill, no B game, no layers, wasn't dynamic enough skill to you know cut it just with that, uh, wasn't fast for his size, bad pick. <laughs> <laughs> i love it which is bad pick i mean these are the kind of guys that you kind of pick in the, the end of the first round though I no that's fair that's fair i wouldn't say bad pick but yeah i get what he's saying it's it does look worse in retrospect i mean they probably could have also just used that pick to like try and um that was the 2014 year right try and not yeah. get reverse swept by the kings or something yeah, um, <laughs> other players are drafted around him. Um, Josh Hosang, who would have had about the same career as uh, Godobin, probably. Um, Adrian Kempe, though, went uh, 29th and obviously has had a very uh, nice career with the Kings, a 30, 30, uh, 30 goal score. And then yep. we have uh, John Quenville, uh, Brendan Lemieux, who plays but is a you know, fourth line type, uh, Jace yep. uh, Howerluck. And then at 33, you have Ivan Barbashev, who also has turned out to be a pretty good player. So anyway, mm -hmm. the back of the first is a bit of a crapshoot. Yeah, and they got, um, I think, good old Yannick Hansen, if that's who they traded for. I have to look that up real quick. because No, you're right. No, you know, I looked it up. Yeah, it was it was okay. Yannick Hansen. But that yep. that didn't quite work out because uh, Yannick did, wasn't very good with the Sharks. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, it didn't work out. But, uh, you know, maybe they should have just used the first to try and get somebody at the deadline to uh, make them a better team and not get sure, reverse swept sure. by the Kings. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so he, he he makes my list. I think there's a couple other ones we'll mention that could have made this third spot, yeah. but given he's so recent and it was um, kind of a disappointment that he went nowhere. He makes the mm -hmm. list. So uh, so at forwards again, we have a uh, uh, Falloon, uh, Rhea Jarvi, uh, Godobin, and now let's get to the defense. And our top, or top is the wrong word here. Uh, defenseman is Jeff Jilson, and Jeff Jilson was expected to be a, a star. Um, the hockey news had him, uh, I, I think, uh, fifth uh, on on their under all, all pro, the under prospects rankings for everybody. Yeah, uh, in 2000, uh, 2000, uh, 2001, that yearbook, uh, what they wrote about Jilson was uh, rated number five in Future Watch. That's all the prospects in, in hockey. Um, wow. He was, yeah, he he was the 14th pick uh, out of uh, out of Michigan. Um, I think it was the 99, the 99 draft. I'll make sure of that. The 99 draft. Um, he was a big guy. He was 6'3. He had a he had a big shot. He played a really physical game. He had all the earmarks of a guy that was gonna be gonna be a star. And it wasn't just the sharks that that thought so. And so he's one of those, I think, instructive. You wonder about guys that seem to have all the tools and why they didn't hit. And uh, he's, I think he, I think he's one of them. Eventually, he got traded to, uh, to Boston, and then he ended his career in in Buffalo. And uh, he was pretty much out of the NHL by by uh, the the salary cap era. He played two games with the Buffalo Sabers in 2005-06, and then he was out of the NHL. He went to go play in Germany and Russia, uh, in uh, in uh, Finland, and in the Czech Republic for a while too. Um, so kind of a, a, a cautionary tale, I think, uh, in terms of uh, just like believing the hype by your prospects. And again, it wasn't the Sharks generated hype. Jilson was uh, considered a top prospect by everybody. 
uh, but it doesn't always work out for a variety of reasons. And anyway, uh, one of my uh, favorite books, uh, I, I know I've been leaning a lot on the Hockey News yearbooks recently, but there's also a book that some of you guys know about, uh, some of you old heads will know about, uh, called the Hockey, Hockey Scouting Report. And it came out from 1986 to 2004. Um, they're written by... John Davidson actually was was the author of a couple of them. Um, Jiggs McDonald, a famed Islanders broadcaster. At the end there, a lot of them were uh, written by Sherry Ross, who's a Devils uh, broadcaster. Anyway, um, these uh, they're, they're basically page-long scattering reports about 300, 400 players, um, information pulled from NHL scouts um, and uh, written in the, in, 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 uh, in, in um sort of a, a very uh, a, a welcoming, digestible uh, a format. And so I, I have Jillson's uh, report from, I believe, uh, 2004, actually, 2000, before the 2003-04 season. And wow. some of the things that, 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 that um, I noticed here is that um, he still actually still, still thought, to, thought to be uh, – had top four potential even at the at the at the end there um it says uh, uh Jilson is expected to contend for a top four job uh in training camp this is the, the Bruins by the way that he's on uh, at this point and uh you, you know he's uh very competitive uh but can't be taken off his game and gets fired up uh he's uh you know he's a, a ferocious game a big hitter and good you know he's good good offensively um but yeah maybe his defense though he did some work getting one of the key uh key lines here is that he uh he will need to improve his uh, decision making um and uh i guess that that didn't that didn't quite that didn't quite happen but again though kind of a cautionary tale the sharks were able to trade him by the way for um uh for uh, kyle mclaren who is a good young physical defenseman uh you know 26 or whatever when the sharks acquired him and um and kyle was a big part of uh some very good sharks teams and um, so, yeah. So anyway, Jeff, Jeff Jolson, just uh, uh, again, probably of all the names here. Uh, well, for defense, I, I would say at least, you know, like in terms of just like uh, I think I think he's up there with Falloon in terms of like the hype and sort of disappointment or close. Maybe not quite up there with Falloon, but kind of in that ballpark. I think um, while you're mentioning um, Jeff Jolson. It's worth noting that this this list for the defense is not short. There's a lot of disappointment. <laughs> the Sharks for a while were known to pick out good defenders, and we're going to talk about some later from the later rounds sure. of the draft. But from the first round, do you know how long it's been since they've had like an impact NHLer from the first round in the, for a defender? Mm, good question. Uh, first years. round. Huh? Yeah, 25 years. Brad Stewart. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The last um, defenseman from the first round to actually make an impact for the Sharks. Mm -hmm. um, they, they haven't picked any in the past three drafts. Eklund, Bistat, Smith, and Musty. Um, and then the last well, one they picked was Merkley. Ryan Merkley turned into Martin Kout, and Martin Kout had a huge impact on, on the Sharks' PR this summer. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a impact off the ice. So they had Euler, Merkley. Incredible impact off the ice. So. Yeah. Uh, Wishart. Um, who who had, got traded uh, for uh, a Danny Boyle. So I want to. That is an impact. That is an impact. And then, uh, like you said, Jeff Gielson since Brad Stewart. Basically, a bunch of guys in the first round that did have not panned out, which is interesting. Yeah. And also brings us to our, our next player, which is Mirko Mueller. Um, 
Shang, do you remember Mirko Mueller? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I remember uh, he basically uh, came on as a uh eighteen year old or or nineteen year old and um you know he drew a lot of comparisons uh to uh to Mark Edward Classic who who did essentially the same thing uh you know uh, became uh became a, a a player just a year after his uh draft year and um mm -hmm. I, I think uh Mueller was expected to be uh uh sort of a, a pillar of the Sharks defense for the year in the years to come. Um, but uh, it just uh, didn't quite quite work out uh, for uh, for for Miracle. Uh, Miracle was um, uh, lasted just a couple of years in San Jose, and uh, eventually uh, he was uh, he was uh, traded in the draft in 2013, the 18th pick, and then traded uh, four years later uh, to uh, to New Jersey for the pick uh, for one of the picks uh, or one of the picks that Shark Scott became uh, Mario Ferraro. So um, hey. so <laughs> in in that way, uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. Miracle Miller did become a pillar of the Sharks' defense uh, for the, uh, in the in the in the years uh, in the in the intervening years. Um, but uh, I also uh, was able to get a scout's opinion on on Miracle, and um, this will. You know, this this might confirm some of what people thought uh, back then. Um, that he says that he feels that Miracle was just flat out rushed. And again, you know, Miracle uh, drafted in 2013, uh, started playing games in 2014-15, uh, played 39 games uh, uh, that season, his uh, rookie NHL year, and um, yeah, and then and then you know maybe 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 started back you know he had a had a had a had a good start but started uh, I take a sliding from back then because his NHL game totals went from thirty nine in two thousand fourteen fifteen and that was also a tougher year for the Sharks too they weren't as good yeah, so Sharks maybe yeah. they just missed the playoffs so maybe they were forcing him in a little more than they should have I, I I'm not sure uh, to eleven games in two thousand fifteen sixteen eleven games with the Sharks and then four games with the Sharks in two thousand sixteen uh, seventeen so you know that's a guy that 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 is you know kind of kind of going the 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 wrong way and. Um, yeah, like uh, this scout uh, thinks that uh, Mueller lost a lot of his confidence in in those early years, you know, being perhaps rushed to the NHL. And anyway, uh, Mueller uh, couldn't really quite make it stick in New Jersey. He was there for uh, three years, and since then uh, he's uh, played in Sweden and in Switzerland. Um, still a a, a very a very uh, young man. He's twenty eight. Um, so you know, wouldn't put it past uh, past him to to perhaps return to Angel one day. But um, uh, certainly a guy that um, didn't quite uh, you know he 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 reached I think a top twenty status uh, and and uh, for the hockey news is a uh, uh, top NHL prospects uh, again around the league, and he was a uh, number one ranked uh, Sharks prospect too in uh 2014-15 um so his stock was high um and it just it it you know it, this scout thinks that that the sharks just kind of uh, rushed him yeah the uh, two things to say about Mirko Mueller um first is that the sharks traded up to get him too and they traded up with Detroit and the two picks they gave to Detroit became Anthony Mantha and Tyler Bertuzzi which is just sad. I mean, Anthony Mantha has kind of had a pretty much a fall in his, his career trajectory in the past like year or two, but for a couple of years there, it was like Anthony Mantha is a top six. Yeah, scorer. they were the future of the Red Wings. Yeah. And Tyler Bertuzzi is still a great player. So um, to trade up and then fail, it kind of was a little bit of a, a bad, I would say a bad pick for the Sharks. The second thing is, is Mueller, and when people get really excited about defensemen that are 
tall, they skate well, they defend well, they have a lot of tools, but they haven't had like that offensive output yet. People get really excited about these kind of players and they end up getting drafted really, really high just because they are smooth skating, tall defensemen that play defense pretty well. Mm -hmm. But remember, this could be the career outcome for a lot of them if they don't maintain a good scoring average is that they're really not going to find a place unless they are absolute rock solid, you know, amazing defenders. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like the same thing with with uh, forwards. If they're not dynamic enough offensively and they're small or they've got other problems to their game, um, they're not going to make it. And for defenders, unless they are dynamic defensively, they might not make it. <laughs> so just have to keep in mind, people fall in love with these kind of defenders a lot come draft time. Um, mm-hmm. Some of these guys throughout the draft history have um, faltered. So right, right. Um, well. Yep. So that's that's our that's our defense there. Uh, Jeff Jilson and Miracle Mueller, JJ and MM. So JJ and MM. And then goaltender was interesting um, to because we had like not a debate about it, but like a a couple of names we could have brought up. Um, yeah, but the, but the problem though, like like you mentioned uh, uh, when we were talking, is that the Sharks haven't really drafted a, a goalie high. There hasn't been a sort of a uh, uh, you know, a kind of a a, a Wall Stead, Spencer yeah. Knight, like you know, yeah. you know, like huge hype kind kind of guy in goal. You know, they're usually obscure. The highest Sharks draft pick in goal was fifty five, uh, Terry Friesen in uh, ninety five, I believe, and uh, otherwise, 96. yeah, uh, ninety six, yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. And and so yeah, so so they just haven't 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 picked a, a lot of guys high. But there have been guys that have been sort of, um, you know, as they're in the in in the minors, they've kind of built, accumulated more and more hype. Um, mm-hmm. One of them uh, who will definitely not be in the disappointment disappointments list is uh, is Amika Kiprasov. And Kiprasov was actually drafted in 1995, but he ended up being uh, he didn't establish himself with the Sharks until 2001-02, which is very you know it's unusual uh, these days in terms of just keeping a guy. Uh, Finland uh, Kiprasov was in Finland for a number of years, and then he came over and he was in the AHL for three years. Uh, three full seasons, I believe. And so and so for six straight years, he was in the Hockey News yearbook's uh, top 10 charts prospects. <laughs> and so you know, kind of think like, oh, this guy can't be that good if, if he's he's been, uh, you know, on this list for that long. But no, it turns out that actually Mika uh, uh, Kipsoff was pretty good. And so anyway, I don't, I don't mean a guy like that who was drafted late, but was, you know, clearly showed his skills that people noticed, you know, within uh, within a year when he was drafted. Um, we're talking about a guy that, uh, again, uh, we're talking about guys that got hyped a bit. Like even if you look at uh, going back to our defensive examples, Jilson, Mueller, uh, Falloon, uh, they all had NHL careers. You know, Falloon actually had a pretty good NHL career. But again, we're kind of measuring the hype that that these guys are getting. You know, I Miller. Disappointment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Miller in his rookie year, like everyone was like, yeah, next Mark Edward Vlasic, top four mm-hmm. guy, top two guy, maybe for the next decade. You know, that kind of talk, yeah. right? Um, but anyway, uh, so, uh, who's your, who's your pick for, uh, for, for goalie year? This is going to sound alarmist, but I'm going (laughs) to, or at least, uh, recency bias, but I'm going to go with Ben Gaudreau. So, so here's my argument for Ben Gaudreau. He was drafted third round 81st overall, which sounds like a late pick, but it's actually the second highest ever pick for a Sharks goaltender behind who you mentioned already, Terry Friesen in 1996. I don't know one iota of information about Terry Friesen as a goaltender. So if somebody remembers a ton of hype about Terry Friesen being drafted 55th overall, um, 
that's fine. But I think Ben Gaudreau is probably the one goaltender that we've had in a long time that has had like specific hype before their draft year. Ben Gaudreau came in um, and stepped onto the uh, world under 18 Canada team and uh, dominated. He had like an amazing tournament, something like 930 save percentage. He won the gold medal with their team and kind of was heralded as like the hero of that team. And this was before his draft year. And everybody was like, oh, this is a really good pick this late because this guy hasn't had a lot of playing experience because of COVID, but like the clear skill is there, you know, the team, et cetera. So there was enough hype that people were actually really excited about Goudreau at 81st overall. Um, sure. People were thinking it would be like in the second round and he fell to the third kind of thing. So when you look really through the Sharks goaltending history, there just isn't a lot of guys like that. Um, we had Mike, Mike Robinson recently, Zachary Amon, both of them later yeah. picks. They, 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 they've liked picking goalies apparently in the third round. I think Robinson was a 86th pick. Yep, also um, a third round. Rice was a third round. Uh, what my 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 favorite one, uh, Timo uh, uh, Peel Meyer, Peel <laughs> Meyer, was a 80, 83rd pick. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was kind of a sweet spot. And Gaudreau, of course, was the eighty first pick. So that's kind of been a sweet spot for them to take uh, goalies in the last uh, uh, a decade, uh, a decade, uh, you know, I or so. Like but- a, this is my un un um, unsubstantiated conspiracy rumor that they mm-hmm. really wanted to pick a goaltender with their third round pick this year as well. And I think just right before mm-hmm. there, there was a couple of goaltenders that fell off the board um, and they ended up with Sabota, but they traded up. I believe and they did like uh, um, uh, the 2021 is the, uh, a wall, the Wallstead, the Wallstead draft, right? Yeah. So they, they yep. like Wallstead. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, I think Wallstead fell uh, in that draft. Um, and yes, so I, I, I think that they did, they did like them. And if they had a mm-hmm. chance, obviously they, they liked, they weren't going to pick, uh, Wallstead over Eklund at seven, but if they had yeah. a pick, um, in, in an area to get a uh, Wallstead a little later, I, I think that, uh, that, that might've, that, that could have happened there. Um, yeah, the, uh, the rumor was something like Sam Reinhardt from Buffalo plus their pick for, the number seven pick, but Eklund fell to them and they picked Eklund. I don't know. It's just a rumor. Obviously it could be fake. Um, but anyways, Goudreau is kind of like our second highest drafted goaltender ever. A little bit of hype behind him coming in and it felt like a steal to get him. And then within two years, he's um, gone back to the draft undrafted. Uh, he's at actually every lightning camp this, um, this uh, off season. But. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if he's signed where he's signed or, you know, if he has a camp invite somewhere or, or he's going back for his overage year, which is back. Yeah. He got, you know, so he got a camp invite to Tampa likely. Bay. So that's where he is right now. But, um, Oh, he's in, uh, he's in camp with Tampa Bay right now. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's, he's, uh, yeah, yeah. Under, so for the, the, the rookie. rookie tournament. Tournament. Oh, okay. I know he was yeah, on he, their development camp team. So I didn't know that it had uh, progressed past then. Okay. Yeah, so that's I mean that's good for him, and uh, obviously yeah. there's goaltenders are voodoo. Like it may maybe in a couple of years he might turn it around. Yeah, um, but it feels kind of like he's where we're at, just because the Sharks don't have a lot of high. I always there. enjoy talking with him, so uh, I hope I uh, hope that he does uh, well for himself. The voodoo comes on his side, and he. <laughs> right. so that makes our final disappointment list. And again, sorry to all these guys for saying disappointment. Relative disappointment. Balloon, yeah. Ray Harvey, Goldobin. Gilson, Mueller, and Goudreau, um, which I think is a good list. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just running over, uh, you touched on a few of uh, the, the 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 guys. Uh, um, like we talked about uh, uh, Merkley, Wishart, Morris, so we don't have to uh, dip into them again. So I want to throw out a couple more names. Um, so actually for goalie, uh, 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 my pick was uh, Dimitri uh, uh, Patsoid. 
Um, and uh, he uh, was uh, he wasn't the, the highest pick, of course. Uh, he was, I believe, a okay. He was the hundred seventh fourth rounder in two thousand one. Actually, funny enough, um, uh, Christian Erhoff was drafted one hundred six, and then the Sharks, uh, and then and then uh, Patsoid at one hundred seven. So, <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. ended up uh, playing uh, just the uh, three NHL games. And um, he was seen for a while, I think, as sort of the next in the line of the Sharks' stray low goaltending successes, obviously Nabokov and Kiprasov and Toskala. And um, I think Rice might have been drafted when uh, when Stralo was uh, still uh, still um, uh, still with us. I'm not sure about that that one. But anyway, uh, Patsoid was drafted uh, uh, in, in that time. And anyway... Um, uh, he was uh, on the Hockey News' uh, list uh, for uh, five years, their top 10 prospects list for five straight years, uh, getting up to number four, um, as high as number four. And so uh, didn't quite uh, didn't quite pan out. Uh, another guy, um, uh, Andre Zuzin, uh, defenseman, number number two overall pick, also a guy that had a pretty good career if you look at sort of uh, just, the, the, just the straight numbers. I think he played in... 500 NHL games or something like that. Um, but he was the second overall pick and he never quite became uh, the sort of uh, top pairing or even a top four defenseman. I think that, that the Sharks were, were hoping for. So, you know, he's along the lines of a balloon type that had a good NHL career, but just versus the hype, the draft position didn't really quite uh, live up to it. And uh, finally, for myself, and I know that um, there's someone near and dear to Keegan's heart uh, that he'll close up with, uh, yeah. but uh, Lucas uh, Kaspar, another first-round pick. Uh, he was the 22nd pick of the um, 2000 and let's see, what year was that? No, where, where is where is where is Lucas here? Uh, 2004, 22nd. Oh, a bit earlier. Sorry, I don't know why I was looking. Yeah, in the yeah, I guess we just check. I was looking in the in the hurdle era, right? So 22nd yep. pick in 2004. Oh, there's Grice, uh, uh, 2004 third round. And that is uh, when Stralo is still living. Um, so anyway, uh, uh, uh so Caspar, um, first round pick. Um, I reached out to to a scout on him. I just was curious what kind of happened with him. Just played uh, 16 NHL games, and. Here's 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 what he said. Uh, so just not competitive enough. <laughs> uh, soft, you know, like okay. kind of a, a boom or bust skill like a Dobin and kind of no B game. And so that was that was the scouts uh, verdict on uh, on Caspar. But again, uh, like a Dobin was drafted in the 20s. That's that is when you start taking chances. Um, I will say that it's uh, worth looking at uh, right around Caspar. Um, no, no one really great. Uh, you know, Mike Green was taken 29th, seven picks later, but Corey Schneider. So they're okay. So there's some, some, some good guys there, but anyway, sure. uh, so, uh, you want to take right, us got, home here? I got one more before we move on yes. to like the, the happy portion of the show. Yes. Um, is, is Nick Petrecki. Um, if anybody remembers Nick Petrecki, um, he was drafted 2007 first round 28th overall by the Sharks. Um, Nick Petrecki, he's like six foot three. He's like 230 pounds. He, um, I remember the hype surrounding him just being like, he's a monster. He's like physically developed. He's a man amongst boys, that kind of talk. He had 177 penalty minutes in his draft year in the USHL, which is a lot. 
um, just a physical big defender that I remember people talking about, like, he's going to step right into the NHL. It's going to be like a, a defensive stalwart for the, the Sharks. He's going to fight a lot. He's going to hit a bunch of people. It's amazing. And then he played one NHL game with the Sharks on single game. Um, he yeah, played excuse a me, good name for your uh, puck doku if it's a uh, uh, mm-hmm. played entire career uh, with the Sharks. This is true with one team. <laughs> yep, it's it's him. He did have um, a pretty long AHL career. He played uh, 2009, 10, 10, 11, 11, 12, 12, 13, and 13, 14 with the Sharks. So like five, six years there with the Worcester Sharks. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was also putting up hundreds of penalty meds in the AHL as well. But he just never really panned out. And I think uh, just because that was a, the Logan Couture draft, people thought mm-hmm. the Sharks like killed that draft um, after because uh, they got Couture. And, 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 they, and they did, yeah, but uh, it wasn't did for, for Pacharki, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not for Pacharki. So he he makes my honorable mentions list of defenders, but yeah, I think uh, Patrick uh, Jim, was on the Hockey News's top ten list for six years, actually, uh, like 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 Kiprasov, and he he reached number one uh, in in a year two. And just interesting to note, uh, just looking around though, the after the twenty eighth pick and Nick Patrecki, mm-hmm. that um, actually the there's not a lot of guys that that played. Um, sure, uh, I'm just rat, I'm just gonna rattle off names uh, of guys who who even played games immediately after Patrecki. Uh, Jim O'Brien, T.J. Brennan, uh, Michael Repic, uh, Eric Tangrati. So. <laughs> a yeah. lot of who's the next, uh, the next, the next good one uh, is PK too, man. Yeah, yeah, that's all the way down to 43, though. So from 28, yeah. uh, Petrucci at 28 to Subban at 43, uh, it's a kind of a, a desert mm-hmm. in terms of angel games. So I guess if that if that's sort of a small uh, comfort there, um, yeah. but. Anyway, let's uh, move on to uh, sort of the, like you mentioned, the positive aspect of what we're talking about mm-hmm. and the guys who were surprising. And not just, again, because of draft position, but because there was kind of no hype or not a lot of hype attached uh, around those guys. But then they, they you know, became, they manifested themselves into being uh, a lot better than, uh, than, uh, than, than they should have been. And so um, we'll mention uh, some guys at the end uh, who we didn't include just because uh, um, I think people, even though they were drafted late, people started noticing them before uh, uh, before they uh, uh, when they were prospects. Um, but number one on our list, of course, is uh, Joe Pavelski and Joe Pavelski, a 2003 uh, seventh round pick. Um, never made uh, uh, one of those hockey news top 10 lists, not once. Uh, even though, uh, even though in 2005 06, he had 56 points in 43 games with Wisconsin, uh, he was fourth in the NCAA in scoring. Before the 2006 07 uh, season, he could not be found on the hockey news's uh, top 10 uh, prospects list. Uh, other names that were on there ahead of uh, uh, Pavelski in the pre in this preseason top 10 was uh, Patsoid, uh, Mike Morris, Tim Conboy, uh, Taylor Dackers, <laughs> or Dakers. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, uh, so he he definitely flew under the radar. And 2006-07, of course, was Pavelski's uh, rookie season. He had uh, 28 points in 46 games with the Sharks. He tore it up with uh, Worcester when he was that we when he was down there that season. So he never looked back. So by the time we get to the 2007-08 uh, uh, rankings for the Hockey News, Pavelski had already graduated. So they already they you know they missed their shot of uh, of uh, at at. Um, <clears throat> Not spotlighting him. Anyway, it's not to uh, uh, be too hard on the hockey news. You know, a, a 
29 other teams or however number of teams were there back then when Pavelski got drafted, I missed out on Pavelski too. He went in the seventh round. So a lot of people miss Pavelski, but it just sort of yep. interesting reflection of, um, you know, probably Pavelski's draft status, you know, uh, 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 went against them in terms of like buzz and hype and how he just sort of, you know, surprised and, and took, you know, everybody by storm. You know, I remember as a Kings fan growing up seeing Pavelski and just thinking, you know, this is before he established himself when he's still wearing 53 and, you know, you know, and also in, in, in a uh, rookie, like I think they had rookie tournaments back then and he just looked like he looked slow. He didn't, he didn't look like he was going to be yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, the ultimate career of hockey sense and like taking off. Like, I think he's just the definition of somebody who knows how to play hockey really well. Um, And that's hockey sense. And he's not the fastest. He's definitely not the biggest. He, he has a very good shot. He's always had a a, a great wrist shot. um, Great one timer. So that, that part was, I think way above NHL average, but everything else, like in terms of his skills really wasn't, it's just his positioning. um, His, his hockey sense, his hockey IQ is, is elite essentially. Um, and that's what carried him throughout his career was just that. And it's such a good pick in the seventh round. Nobody saw it coming. Um, and then he just kind of took off from there and made the shark. So, right. Right. So, yeah. So Joe Pavelski, of course. Uh, so our next, uh, uh forward, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, or we went with, uh, Ryan Klo and, uh, Ryan Klo, um, showed up on the hockey news list at just once uh, mm-hmm. in actually 2607 at number 10, just ahead of Joe Pavelski. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ryan had a terrific angel career that unfortunately was just uh, cut short by, by concussions. But uh, uh, <clears throat> Ryan had a, uh, you know, he only played, I think a uh, 400 uh, uh, plus games. So not, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like a long career, but um, 491 games, but uh, he was the sixth round pick of the 2001 draft. And he was an impact player though. Uh, when he was healthy yep. uh, with the Sharks um, and, uh, you know, hit 20, went over 20 goals a couple of times, but he was the perfect kind of, you know, uh, power forward type, you know, that everybody's looking for. And, and, uh, and uh, Ryan fulfilled that role for the Sharks for a number of years and uh, had also had a very good playoff in 2011. Yeah. He, um he fit in basically anywhere in the lineup, but he did cement himself in the, um, uh, in the top six pretty quickly with the Sharks. Um, and you're right, he came out of nowhere. He, um, I remember I actually went to the a game of his when like I, he was breaking into the NHL in like 2007. I think he had a hat trick or something yeah. like that in 2007. And I remember it like very vividly just being like, holy cow, who's this kid? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I think it was against the Lightning, but I'd have to look into it. Um, but either way, Klo came out of nowhere. He was a great player for the Sharks for for a long time. His um, physical presence, he like was kind of the guy to not insulate Marlowe and, and Thornton, but like help him out with a little bit of the physical stuff. Not that they weren't mm-hmm. physical themselves, but um, he definitely carried the physicality on his line. So yep, yep, uh, yep. Being the sixth round pick, 175th overall in 2001. So amazing pickup. Uh, this is back when the Sharks were just nailing their their late round picks, like left and right. Yep. Um, so our, our next our next guy is going to be a little controversial, uh, I think, but uh, um, I, I think he belongs on on this list of sort of uh, uh, really under the radar prospects that hit, and it's uh, Kevin LeBanc. And uh, Kevin LeBanc was uh, sixth fifth round pick. Uh, let me let me look this up. He was a sixth uh, round pick. 
He was a sixth-round pick, too, in uh, 2014. He actually was the Sharks' uh, last pick of that draft. And uh, Kevin, obviously, has had an up-and-down career with the Sharks, um, but uh, he's played over 400 games. He's averaged uh, half a point a a game. Um, Obviously, had a breakout 2018-19 season, 56 points. And looking at that draft, too, um, he is. uh, there's only two players to play over 100 games uh, in the sixth round. Uh, of that of that of that draft and it's uh Kevin LeBanc with 432 games right now and uh Sammy Blaze uh who has I think uh, uh, a little bit over 100 or so and that's it and uh Kevin uh, also uh, didn't really show up on um on uh on 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 the hockey news uh list until until uh just again only only one year and he was uh Kevin was uh number 8 in the 2016-17 rankings number 8 uh, behind uh, Julius Bergman, uh, Matthias Latunov, uh, Noel Rod, <laughs> Jeremy oh, Raw, Nikolai mm-hmm. Godobin, uh, Merkel Mueller, and of course, uh, number one was Timo Meyer. So, uh, but anyway, so I think that just sort of uh, for draft position and and where uh, yeah, where where uh, uh, where people just projected him to be, um, that mm-hmm. he's had a he's had a great career and. Um, I actually did a story recently, uh, I, a story sort of a, a homage to all the scouts, amateur scouts that have left the Sharks in the last couple of years. Um, mm-hmm. Rob Bridwell, Doug Wilson Jill, uh, Jr., uh, Jills Cote, Brian Gross, Mike Yando, and, uh, you know, uh, rest in peace, uh, Brian Marchment. And just the guys that, you know, these guys were all amateur scouts, and, you know, there's guys that they bang the table for, you know, because especially yeah. in the later rounds, you need somebody to really kind of, that really kind of uh, support you. And, um, and for LeBanc, it was Rob Grillo, who uh, after uh, he's been with the, he had been with the Sharks since 1992, but he left the Sharks this summer for the Dallas Stars. So he's now scouting for the Stars. But anyway, when LeBanc was drafted, uh, he was coming off a pretty blah rookie season in OHL. He had 35 points in 65 games. You know, he's a smallish playmaking winger. Doesn't really yep. sound like a must-pick prospect, but uh but Grillo knew LeBanc from uh from LeBanc's time with the US NTDP, which Grillo scouts a lot. And so the Sharks picked him and LeBanc, you know, started, you know, putting up 100 points. Uh, he had 100 points uh, in each of the next two seasons and led the OHL uh with 127 points in 2015-16. He, um, he's one of the first players that I remember, um, following through his like career. Like, um, mm-hmm. that's kind of what got me into prospecting in that night time, like 2014, 2015, um, was the development of Kevin LeBanc. I was just fascinated by how a player can go from essentially half point a game and be the size that he is and then move on to being like, you know, dominating the OHL. Um, yeah. he, his tape from the OHL is ridiculous. He he just has so much puck skill, vision, and playmaking that is um, that was there when he first came into the NHL or when he stepped into the NHL kind of thing. That like I was really hyped about Kevin LeBanc, yeah. and I think he in some ways showed that he can do what he does best when he when he has the right environment, right? When he was on that third line with Joe and he was playing on the power play and he was one of the best power play players with Joe. It was like a match. Well, yeah, he was also on a, a kind of a stack power play too. So I think he was protected a little bit there, to be, to be honest. But yeah, that's, that's Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, 
or one of those two, if they separated them. I mean, that was the 2018-19 Sharks team, so I don't know how to rattle off the lineup. But, I mean, they had two great power play units uh, that yeah, year. Yeah, what I'm saying is that when he's sheltered and he's behind a really good top two lines and when he plays the game that he can play, um, he looks like a, a, a very good NHLer. But sure. there is a lot of issues with his B game, with his consistency mm. is kind of the biggest thing with him always. Um, coaches mention it every every three months or so that there's just his consistency is bad. Um, yeah, like you, you go through stretches of being uh, dominant and then go through stretches of being completely invisible or detrimental to the ice. So around the ice, so uh, it still was a great pick. Um, yeah, still yeah, absolutely six round pick. Yeah, you take that every day. So. He um really did prove a lot of people wrong um, in terms of making the NHL. And I think once he does, if he does leave San Jose, I think there is still probably a role for him on an NHL squad. It's just, he needs to kind of change up his role, I think, um, or get to a team that can play him the way that he <laughs> seems to be only able to sure. play. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. He probably needs to be protected a little bit. So he's sort of almost like, you know, there's not a lot of them out there these days, but like a power play specialist on, on defense, like uh, uh, Eric yeah. Gustafson or something like that, right? Or uh, Marc-Andre Bergeron back in the day. So maybe maybe that's the kind of role that you can hide him on the third line uh, and then use him on your, you know, top or second unit power play if you, if you have the right guys around him. But uh, so anyway, good. moving on from uh, Kevin, uh, let's get to our defense. So again, our forwards are uh, most uh, uh, surprising uh, Sharks prospects forwards. Uh, again, guys with very little heat attached to them until they broke out in the, in the NHL. Joe Pavelski, Ryan Klo, Kevin LeBanc. Now with the forwards, our first one is uh, Justin Braun. And uh, Justin Braun uh, also did not uh, rank high uh, for uh, the, the hockey news's list, too. Uh, he doesn't make, he only makes uh, one list and not until uh, 2000 and uh, 2011-12. He was the the uh the the ninth best uh, uh sharks prospect according to the hockey news before the season behind guys like uh, immortals like Frazier McLaren, Brandon uh, Mashinter, uh Alex Daylock, uh Tommy Wingles, uh Harry Sateri, uh Taylor Doherty, <laughs> that's uh, mm -hmm. uh Matt Nieto and Nick Petrecki. So behind uh I think I count let's see Petrecki, Doherty. So oh yeah, behind a couple of defensemen there. And mm -hmm. um, even uh, and here's one of my favorite names in the research, looking at the hockey news uh, uh, rankings. Uh, um, even Conrad uh, Belthauser, all the all the Hauser? yeah, <laughs> Applesauser uh, showed up in the top ten list. Was for a while. <laughs> showed up in the top ten list for in four straight years for the Sharks, but uh, Braun mm -hmm. could only get in one. But uh, Braun, of course, was drafted in the Logan Couture draft, 2007. He was a seventh round pick too. And uh, played uh, 842 NHL games. Obviously formed a really uh, solid shutdown pairing with Mark Edward Vlasic for a number of years for the Sharks. You know, uh, a, a linchpin of the 2016 uh, finals team. Mm -hmm. And so great, great career. Just hung him up recently. Uh, went to yeah. the Philadelphia Flyers for a couple of years there. But um, uh, terrific career again. Yeah, seventh round pick. I, you can't ask for anything more. Yeah, he's the perfect definition of came out of nowhere um and had and had an amazing career it's also when the sharks were hitting on defenders in the later rounds very well yeah. um so around the same time period um as as uh, braun we have uh, jason demers as well 
Yep. And Jason, of course, uh, was just on our podcast, a terrific episode. And Jason talked to us about just his entire career. And uh, actually, uh, uh, speaking of uh, having guys uh, advocating for you, he said that Joe's Cote was the guy that that really had his back. Uh, Cote was, of course, the Sharks uh, scout in the, in the queue for, for, uh, for a long time. And that's where Demers came from. But Demers mm-hmm. also uh, was, uh, was a seventh round pick. And um, he uh, played 700 NHL games, uh, so that's that's pretty good for uh, for a seventh round pick. Seventh round pick in <clears throat> what year now? I gotta gotta gotta. gotta, gotta Demers was uh, 2008. 2008. Oh yeah. So uh, and Jason told a great great story. Uh, it's worth listening to. There's a Julian Demers that was drafted in the fifth round ahead of Jason and Jason's mm-hmm. dad. Uh, this was 2008, so you know it's. Uh, I don't know. It's, it, the coverage isn't isn't as as complete or thorough. But uh, Jason's dad heard uh, that Demers, uh, Jay Demers, got drafted, and he thought that it was his son, but it was not. It was uh, Julian. But anyway, though, uh, Jason Demers uh, quickly became a, a, a top four uh, defenseman uh, for uh, for the Sharks. Uh, basically, uh, he spent one year in the AHL and. Then, uh, then, then, then uh, went up with with the Sharks in 2009-10, and then 2010-11, he basically was a top four defenseman, and he had a big, uh, big role on uh, the 2010-2011 Western Conference Finals teams, and so <laughs> an excellent career. Um, looks like it, it, it might it might end. We just saw Jason on Angel Network recently, and so uh, so it might be the end of his Angel career. But 700 games. Also netted the Sharks' uh, Brendan Dillon in a trade with the Dallas Stars a few years later, and so yep. again, you know, not you can't ask for anything more from a, from a, a seventh rounder. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy that in back to back years they hit on two seventh round pick defensemen that ended up playing seven hundred plus NHL games yep. and being like, you know, borderline top four guys pretty much their whole career, um, which is impressive uh, <laughs> to be honest. It, it's. And it's I worth noting too, uh, with with the mayor. So I wanted to add too that um, he also is a guy that doesn't really show up on the uh, the the hockey news uh, uh, list. Um, he does does he show up even at all? Did he miss? I think they got him one year. Let me let me let me double check this. Oh, maybe they didn't get him at all. I actually thought that they got him one year, but let me wow. let me double check this this list again. I thought he snuck in at oh, okay. Wait. Numbered, I think he's stuck in. Uh, I might, actually might have a typo. I, I, I might have typed in Julian Demers <laughs> instead of Jason. I think it was Jason, though. Yeah, I got I got looked it okay. up, but so he might have stuck in the 2010 11 uh, uh, mm-hmm. top 10. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just goes to show that sometimes you're the uh, the development curve is so spiked that sometimes you're you're not ranked at all and then you're in the NHL like a year later, yeah. So. Um, all right, let's move on to our final uh, surprise player, um, which is going to be, of course, uh, Evgeny Nabokov is going to be our goaltender. And uh, Nabokov, you know, uh, you, I, you can say uh, uh, Kiprasov, who was also a late pick, Toskala, who was also a late pick. But I'm going to go with uh, with uh, with uh, Evgeny because Evgeny just didn't have the the heat around him that Kiprasov and Toskala would eventually have. Uh, mm-hmm. Kiprasov was... Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Nabokov uh, uh, was uh, the. <clears throat> let's see. This is like. I should be. I should notice my memory. It should be emblazoned in 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 Shark's memory. But he was the uh, ninth. Uh, he was a ninth round pick. Uh, the two yep. two two hundred nineteenth pick of the nineteen ninety four uh, draft. 
And the reason why, though, that that I've I've picked him over uh, Kiprasov and uh, Toskala is uh, Nabokov is a guy that uh, just when he came, I I remember when he took over as as a rookie, kind of uh, you know supplanted uh, Steve Shields. Um, looked like it was going to be Steve Shields's net for a little while, and the Bokov kind of came kind of came out of nowhere to, to take his job. But uh, the Bokov only shows up in <clears throat> on the Hockey News's top ten list twice. Uh, I already told you that uh, Kiprasov showed up uh, six times. Uh, Tosca is going to be uh, in that area too. Uh, let me let me just count with Tosca because I'm just curious now. So I'm counting uh, because Tosca took a while to graduate too. Uh, so. Toscala is on the list for I'm counting five years, six years. Does it get to seven? Seven years, uh, eight years. Wow, <laughs> I didn't realize yeah. that. Eight years. So Tosca was on the top ten for eight years. So he was on he was on the on the radar for people for uh, for uh, uh, for a while, but um, like Kiprasov, and but Nabokov wasn't. So that's why Nabokov is my choice. Yeah, and I think just because Kipper and, and Toskala went on to have uh, careers elsewhere, um, we're going to count Nabokov. <laughs> just because Nabokov. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. Really fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I think it's debatable between Kippersoff and, and Nabokov who had a better career. I think they yeah, both played. Yeah, I think that, that's a good debate. Yeah, I would go with Kippersoff uh, myself, but that's a very, very good yeah. debate. Yeah, so. Uh, and I mean, Makov obviously had like such a high peak in the very beginning. He was a monster um, at the yep. very beginning. Anyway, Nabokov's our goaltender. Let's mention a few more honorable mentions just to to round out our list here. Um, two forwards I want to mention: Alexander Korolyuk, Corky. Um, he he oh, also you. was drafted. Corky. <laughs> it's easier <laughs> that way. Uh, he was also drafted um, very late. Uh, he. Um, was drafted in the sixth round, 141st overall in 1994. Um, the thing about Corky yeah. uh, was he, he kind of also came out of nowhere, drafted out of Russia, and he just jumped into a, a couple of Sharks teams and had a vital role in the like 0304 Sharks teams that that went to the uh, Western Conference Final. Um, so it felt like found money in a way. <laughs> he just kind of like yeah. stepped into the Sharks. And then, then was out of the NHL afterwards. And, and I will say though that the re- people will wonder why, like, he's not uh, higher up than say Kevin LeBanc because I think Coral Uke was a better player than than LeBanc. But uh, Coral Uke started getting some heat, some hype. Uh, he is the number one prospect of the Hockey News's 1998-99 uh, Sharks uh, list. So that's why mm-hmm. I have LeBanc over Coral Uke. Um, um, uh, next guy is uh, Nick Bonino. And uh, Nick Bonino obviously uh, uh, didn't uh, didn't really uh, develop in the Shark system. He was traded, uh, I think, for uh, Travis Moen, <laughs> but he was oh, a wow. six round pick of the of the uh, of the uh, uh, the Logan Couture draft, two thousand seven uh, two thousand seven draft. And uh, was traded for oh, Ken Huskins and Travis Moen, so even better. So, <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, anyway, though, <laughs> excuse me. Ken Huskins was fine. Yeah. <laughs> but Bonino, you know, was the was the third line center of obviously of uh, the two Penguins championships teams, uh, 2016, yep. 17, just basically at his prime uh, dream third line center, just sort of, the you know, the 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 a top team's third line center. And so a fantastic career, uh, obviously played with the Sharks too uh, uh, recently and did uh, pretty well, you know, obviously uh, had lost a little bit of a step, but um, sure. 
but nonetheless, though, a terrific career. And uh, but uh, he didn't really grow grow in the shark system, so that's why we didn't really include him uh, in 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 this list. But he is a very uh, worthy name to be on here. A couple of defensemen that might surprise you uh, that uh, that we included or didn't make the list. And again, it's because um, even though they were late picks. Uh, they, uh, uh, they, uh, they, you know, they got, they, they, they started getting noticed. Um, and so, uh, so they started getting noticed. And so they, I don't think they, they really count, um, uh, Christian Erhoff and Douglas Murray. And so Douglas Murray was, uh, uh, eighth round pick in 1999, a 241st pick had a terrific career as just, a uh, no holds bar physical defenseman played over 500 uh, NHL games and was in his prime was a definite top four defenseman. Um, another guy is Christian Erhoff. We've already mentioned was a fourth round pick in uh, 100 uh, num uh, number 106 of the 2001 draft. But the reason why uh, uh, they again don't don't make our list is because people started noticing them. Uh, so you know Douglas Murray uh, hit a couple of the. Uh, top 10, uh, T uh, THN top 10 list. Um, I think he peaked at, uh, at five or so. And, um, and Erhoff also was on the list for a couple of years too. I think peaking all the way up to uh, four. Um, so, so, so they, they were, they were recognized, you know, even though they were drafted late, uh, they started uh, uh, getting some, uh, uh, some heat around their names. I think uh, maybe Murray was, uh, I see uh, he was six was his highest ranking, but he was in the top 10 for a couple of years there. And uh, also just to wrap up too, uh, we talked about the defense. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you have anything to say about uh, uh, Christian and Douglas? <laughs> um, only that I think it's, yeah, both of them were, great defenders for the sharks i love murray's physical game he uh ended up getting traded for like i think like two second round picks or something like that yeah which... yeah so he did he did well for the sharks in that way too so yeah and uh Erhoff is not i mean he is both a surprise and a disappointment for me because Erhoff was like the guy that i thought was going to be your the top offensive producer from the back end for the sharks for like a decade because mm -hmm. he just had a lot of offensive tools, but he also could not hit the net no matter what he tried. Um, he just had like a horribly inaccurate shot. That's all I remember about Christian Erhoff. Um, <laughs> other than he, so he was a surprise and a disappointment for me because <laughs> I thought he could be even better, but he, he did very well for the Sharks for many years. Um, but uh, I think it's a good round out and uh, our goaltenders, obviously, um, we've mentioned already. Yeah, Kipper um, and, uh, and Toscala. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's but a, anyway, it's just just to summarize here, though, so our um, our biggest uh, surprise part of uh, our, our yeah our most pleasant surprise uh, Sharks prospects team, our Sharks pro uh, surprise Sharks prospect team up front we have Joe Pavelski, Ryan Klo, Kevin LeBanc on defense we have Justin Braun and Jason Demers, and then in goal we have beginning the Bakov, and we also just explain why um, some guys that you might have expected. Like Douglas Murray, Christian Erhoff, and Alexander Koryuk didn't quite make our list. Yep. Biggest surprise is Joe Thornton for joining the Sharks. Because <laughs> <laughs> that came out of nowhere. No, I'm um, all right. So, do you have, we're going to wrap up here in just a second. Do you have one prospect that was like your biggest disappointment from the Sharks or, or something like that? Do you have one? Jared Allen. Oh, wait, that's a Kings prospect. <laughs> who's, wait, who's that one? Jared Allen was uh, traded for uh, Adam Deadmarsh. 
I'm sorry, for Rob oh. Blake. Adam Denmark came in oh. to trade with Jared Allen from Colorado. Uh, but then uh, Jared Allen, uh, uh, I think he ruined his shoulder in the fight of all things. He was a playmaker, so he didn't, no business fighting. But anyway, uh, for the Sharks, um, you know, it's not as personal uh, uh, for me. So uh, it's sort of uh, more about, uh, yeah, it's uh, just sort of uh, uh, maybe expected more of the of the player. Um mm-hmm. I don't know if there's one that actually, honestly, the Sharks prospect, I'm going to be, uh, you know, <laughs> honest. Sharks prospects have not really impressed me uh, the mm-hmm. last, uh, you know, I'm not talking about the most recent ones because it's hard to judge those guys. But the, the ones sure. that, uh, you know, I started covering the Sharks 2018-19 and uh, none of them really, you know, uh, yeah. uh, jumped out to jumped out to me. And it doesn't surprise me that they went the way they went, to be honest. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ryan Merkley, I was you know, talking about his sort of his, yeah. his, uh, his shortcomings for a long time. And he, and he was the number one mm-hmm. ranked prospect for a couple of years there, but I never quite bought into it. And so, sure. um, yeah, so I couldn't really say, uh, uh, anybody in, in, in particular, um, yeah, for, for, for myself, I guess maybe, uh, maybe Ferraro just into not a disappointment Ferraro's uh, been terrific, but like, you know, hasn't added uh, enough of a puck moving component, uh, you know, to round on this game a bit. And uh, so I think, I think that's, you know, I thought that that might happen and that, that hasn't happened, but you know, he's had a great career. I think he is a very good defensive defenseman. I think he's just stuck on a bad team that makes him look bad. He would look really good on, on a winning team, which is why he's still uh, is sought after by other teams in, in trade and whatnot, because um, he's the kind of, he's, he's a winning player. He just, he's a winning player on a bad team. And that affects him. But uh, how about yourself? Do you have anybody? Um, I think the most recent one is obviously Merkley, just because he had so much hype behind him. Um, but whether or not you actually ever believe that hype, I, I, I don't know if I ever really bought into it um, as much as. Um, All right, I'm moving around a little bit here because I got to pack up. I got my uh, my uh, lift uh, for uh, uh, the Sharks rookie faceoff game is coming soon. So, but uh, all right, we got we got we got two minutes. Here keep we go. Going, so. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> My uh, my two is um, uh, Dylan Gambrell kind of disappointed me, and he was a second round pick. And it's not like he hasn't had an NHL career; he's played over 200 games. But he um, was important, uh, part of some important uh, University of Denver teams, and it really felt like he was coming into the Sharks and and going to have more of a third line role rather than like the replacement level role. Jeremy Waugh is a good one. He was 31st overall. Uh, knee injuries, so yeah, so with, with Waugh. Yeah, yeah. So the, the injuries kind of killed his career, but there was like talk that, um, here's a good quote. Uh, when talking about Jeremy Waugh, scouts often bring up the name Duncan Keith, which like, they do that a lot, but <laughs> it's like he had a lot of hype. Not Duncan Keith. Like, yeah, um, so that one kind of, you know, stings a little bit. That's not no fault of his own. The injuries yeah. kind of stacked up. Those are two. There's a bunch throughout Sharks history, but those sure. are ones that I'm going to go and Merkley most often or most frequently. <laughs> all right, guys. So I uh, hope you all enjoy the uh, Tomas Hurdle interview. Shang's and speaking go speaking of a draft pick that did not disappoint, Tomas Hurdle <laughs> and Tomas Hurdle, who honestly, if you think about it, a great surprise. Like top five of his draft probably, um, and he was drafted mm-hmm. seventeen overall. Yeah. So great pickup for the Sharks. He would yep. make the list if he wasn't. Um, already just hyped before ever since yeah, he was drafted. Yeah. He was a number one ranked prospect THN for a couple of THN for a couple of years. So people people knew, but yeah. 
enjoy Thomas. Uh, and uh, we'll see you all next week. Actually, we're going to have some updates from the uh, rookie face-off next week. Yep. So. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining the San Jose Hockey Now podcast. I appreciate you uh, jumping on here real fast. Um, anyway, I just uh, well, how was your summer just in general? Yeah, you know, it was fun. You know, with two kids, it's pretty busy. But, you know, it's always nice to be back home with family and friends. Because we got a house there and both parents live from like 8, eight to 10 minutes from us. So it's a lot of babysitting and a lot, a lot of family seeing. So they want to see the kids too. So it was long, but same time short, you know, always by far, uh, time fly by. But, you know, I really enjoy it. How's the field doing? Uh, they, they're doing good, you know, like a little, Toby is a little better because he's sleeping through the night. Yeah. And it's like more, you know, more action, you know, like he wants to light up sports. And Theo is, you know, like... You can see how it's growing, but at the same time, you know, the sleeping is not yet there, you know, like it's still kind of up and down, but, you know, it's it's all, it's just great, you know, how they're growing so fast and learning everyday new things. It's, uh, I really enjoy that. Tobias used to having a little brother yet, a younger brother. He, so far he likes him, but because he don't steal his toys, so every time <laughs> he go and cuddle and like play with him, sometimes I feel bad for Theo because uh tobias try like lift him and move him around but he he always the guy likes it but toby is fine because he don't steal his toys but we'll see in, in a couple of couple of weeks i want to go back to uh, just this summer i know when we talked uh, during the exit interview um at the end of last season you know you had a particular emphasis on wanting to you know get faster you know it's a different league now so do you think that you're able to achieve that this summer in your training <laughs> it's tough to say now but you know you just every year it's like doing something new you know new things coming up and and you will just stay in the game and you know i work all summer for it and and hopefully i'm ready you know wherever it's come and and not just on the speed work on everything but you know i know i got even if the game i it's not just my game it's not about just skating everywhere just be you know smart on the ice because you see a lot of players they're not fast but they even dominate the league you know so um, just be more prepared for every single game. Is it uh, accurate to say that maybe that was the number one focus though? Like, of course you focus on a lot of things in your training, but number one this summer was that aspect or something else? Yeah, uh, for sure it was one of, one of the top two top priorities, but kind of more about everything, you know, and, and it's more about like sometimes not even do things just be more confident because I think you're in, in hockey your head and it's everything you know or every sport you know your head is everything just be confident because when you have confidence everything seems very hard you know when you're confident you feel fast you feel you can shoot you can do everything so just uh, don't sometimes don't put too much pressure on myself don't even if it's bad games or a couple of bad games sure. you know put it behind and just be more more kind of sometimes free and just sometimes just enjoy the game and and just sometimes maybe I point too too much on on myself, you know. And, and right away, if I do something bad, I wanna do right away. Sometimes you have to let it go. Maybe it's not your day, and uh, kind of re refocus again and and be better in this game. But I think that's sometimes it's tough to do because you know the head sometimes try and mess you up. You know? Right, right. Did you did you work on any of that mental stuff uh, this summer in particular? See, like talk to somebody or is it just more like just a attitude that you want to have this year of not like just carrying the road on your shoulders? I think the, I, because I have like before I talked to people before well, I have guy, you know, and I and I think it helped me over the sure. last couple of years. But still, you know, it's in me, you know, you want to win games, you want to help 
people around, you wanna, but sometimes, you know, sometimes you have to like slow down and help yourself first, you know, and don't look around and, and, um, and hopefully uh, I will do, you know, maybe this better job this year. Well, uh, what is it? Maybe it's because you're blending in with the background, but you're looking a little more trim this year, if you might, if I might say so. <laughs> yeah, you know, leading up a little bit, but sometimes during the year come back, but you yeah. know, you, you always try, you know, help yourself mm -hmm. and, and you know, so I'm leaner for now. Yeah, so ho hopefully, you know, so hopefully helps. But mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, you lose a little muscle because when sure, you, sure. So it's always have two sizes. So, mm -hmm. so for now, I'm leaner than. Okay. What five pounds, two pounds, and yeah, something like that. Something yeah. like that. Okay, two to five pounds. Okay. <laughs> um, I have to ask you. Uh, just uh, you're training in Czech. Uh, one person that you train with is uh, Martin Cowden. Of course, there's a major story about him this year. Just I don't know what he can say about that. Just sort of what he said about the organization. Yeah, it was kind of you know I didn't actually talk too much with that because you know when I exit, everything was fine. We've been ready, but after you know. Um, he decided to go to you know the Czech team, so kind of he moved to the, the team, you know. So we didn't after that work out. I just really want to talk about it, what happened, because you know it's kind of tough situation. Because you know, like you know, like you here, you know, you love it, everything, and I never heard anything about that, and I just read it, so it was tough. But I try and I, honestly, I try not to talk about it sure. because I don't want to put myself between you know it's probably more on him sure what, what, what he meant because what I know he was you know happy and excited kind of come back and and after you know he decided to stay in check and later when he moved to the team I kind of you know just saw some things you know like stuff you know on the Twitter but I try not to talk about it because you know it's tough position I knew I will be in tough position so I, I yeah. kind of wanna I, I told him well like people now I want to be kind of into it. Yeah, I understand. He's your friend, but also too, you have a love for his organization yeah, too. Yeah, so yeah. I, I definitely understand. Yeah, uh, the other uh, kind of uh, dominant story uh, this summer is obviously the Eric Carlson trade, and you and Eric were friends. And just uh, how did that kind of uh, you know what was your reaction to that when it happened? We kind of knew it was coming. You know, I've heard that you guys kind of said kind of your goodbyes to him at the end of the season in general. So. Yeah, it was kind of up and down because I talked to him, you know, I thought it will not happen and after I saw it, so, you know, me and wife, we kind of called with him, you know, and they were for sure sad because you build a relationship with guys, you know, and you always leave them to move and, and you know, it's not easy, you know, not just play, you're always losing, you know, you know friend and, and you know, hopefully, you know, it'll be good for him, but same time good for us, you know, because we got another good players in our team and it's for sure tough to lose, you know, 100 point player, you know, like, and, you know, a lot, a lot of goals, everything was, especially last year come off from him and we, we saw what he can do when he's, you know, healthy and, and, and you know, big, you know, it's for sure be a big, big loss, but same time, you know, we got some new players and opportunity for other players to step it up. I had to ask you, always feel like we ask you this after a big player is traded, but obviously you signed uh, here a couple of years ago, uh, long term, and you signed here to win, but the, you know, the team hasn't been doing that. And so just what is your sort of, I don't know, uh, patience level with that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, you know, it's, I would lie if it's, you know, easy, you know, when, you know, you know, you lost the players, you lost Timo, you lost mm -hmm. Eric, you know, so like, you know, those like top players, for your team and it's uh, so you're asking question but same time you know and uh, I know I also hopefully a lot of good hockey and I know it's changed and 
and I think you know we got a lot of especially up front I think good players and we can be secretly good up front and and you know this organization give me everything the chance and and to the people around and, and I want to still this thing turning out I know it's wasn't easy the last couple of years and and who knows what will be next and too but I think over the last year we did I think come a lot of I think hopefully we you know got new kids drafted I think soon you know we got you know a keyboard or guys coming up they sure. can be you know change the game because you in the Salah Cup you need you know young guys to be step it up and be the players because you know the Salah Cup is you know, like everybody have issues, every team needs these young guys step it up and when they make, you know, the league minimums and help your team and and hopefully over one or two years, you know, they can be the players and they can have win a lot of games. Is it just for yourself, I mean, uh, not to put words in your mouth, but sort of a, you know, year to year, you know, like you uh, come in every year with a lot of excitement and you hope that, you know, it comes together, you see the talent out there, you like what you see and, you know, so, you know, it's it's hard to answer questions about yeah, five but, years from now, four years from now. Oh right? yeah, yeah so. you always go just you looking just for this season. You're looking around, and you you still never know. You know, you can have good start. You know, everything can settle down, and you know we can be a really good team. You know, it was like you know last year was tough, but same time like the start was every game was so close, and if we win from the ten first two months games, then it was by one goal, and we lost in last second. You know, and and you heading and you. That after 20 games, you kind of on the edge in the playoff. It's very different feeling when you lost so many games in last second, and so you never know how you start a season, and you 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 don't know like the players changing over the summer because or they come with confidence. Everything is is always changing quickly, and so you always get excited for you know the season and. And you're hopeful for for the best. And last question, uh, you know, looking forward to this season. You mentioned the forwards, and you're excited about you know some of the forwards out there. Just what are you seeing out there? I think you've been out here for a couple of weeks, right? You've seen some of the guys come in, some guys you haven't really played with, and so what are you seeing from uh, some of these guys that's kind of exciting you? Something that you know maybe you, you didn't notice before, or just whatever. Just what's exciting you out there? Yeah, you know, I play uh, some guys a lot around, you know, so I know how to get. But you know, especially you know they. In Lacum so far, you know, everybody was great, you know, so it was great. I mean, just practice and be and, and you know, like, you got, you know, Granny, Hoff and, you know, and Duke, you know, I think, you know, they're all great players. They score a lot of goals in HL. They've been, like, part of the, you know, top teams and they can, and especially they can score, you know, and I think, you know, if everything's settled now, we all together find chemistry. I think we can we can be up front, you know, secretly, I think, good team and, and that's that's how I'm really excited about this year. I think when when you asked me year, last year this year, I think up front, you know, I think we get more. I think we can be we have more weapons. Sure, sure. All right. Well, Tommy, thank you so yeah. much. Appreciate yeah. you coming on. Yeah, thank yeah you. Good luck this season. No problem. <laughs> thank you. Thank you.